productivity can look different for other people. So just because you're not producing content, you're not creating content right now, doesn't mean you're not being productive. Exactly. Welcome back to Creative Kickback. I'm Jocelyn. I'm Carlo. Carlo, how are you? How was your week? <laughs> My week was pretty good. Um, last week, this past weekend was the long weekend. Mm. Also, is Valentine's weekend. So we had a sweeter man weekend. <laughs> sweeter man. Hey, <laughs> what'd you do? Yeah, so I booked an Airbnb for my girlfriend and I um, at Niagara Falls. Can't really travel, so least I can do is you know like go uh, go kind of out of town. My girlfriend's not really a big fan of like gifts and everything. She's more、mm-hmm. of an experience kind of gal. So I got us an Airbnb for the weekend, and we went hiking. And yeah, it was just it was it was a it was a it was a great weekend. How about how about you? It's good. Um, I went hiking too. I've actually. I've been dying to tell you this story. <laughs> yes, please tell me. Okay, so there's this park near where I live, and it recently just opened up. And it was before; it was just previously just woodlands, I guess, like、mm-hmm. just like trees and whatnot. But then the city actually decided to create an actual park, so it's really nice, and it has a main trail, and you know, it everything that a nice park has. And so、yeah. my partner and I we went hiking one day, and we decided to go on one of the off trails because we. We're like, okay, the main trail is cool and all, but like, let's see, like, what's actually, <laughs> what's actually here, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're like going on this little side quest, and we're like, oh, it's it's really nice, like it's really quiet. No one is on this trail. Like we didn't see much footsteps. We saw a couple、mm-hmm. animal tracks. We saw like you know like dog tracks and you、right. know like I think we saw like a deer track. So we're like,、oh, okay, cool. So we're walking on this trail, super quiet, and then we're coming up to this part where there's a lot of trees. And then I see something moving in the distance, and I'm like, "Oh, a cute German Shepherd or like a a husky." And then I'm like, "Oh shit, wait, there's no person there, and this thing doesn't have a、yeah. collar on it." So I stop, and we have our dog with us, right? So I'm like, "Oh okay. shit, okay." Okay. So I stop, and then that thing far in the distance, it's like 200 meters away from us. It notices us, and it stops too. And we're like staring each other down、Whoa. for like a good thirty minutes, and I'm like, "Yo, there's something in the trees." And my partner's like, "What? I don't, I don't see anything." And because it's brown and the trees are brown,、yeah. I'm like, "Yo, we can't see it because it's camouflage." But I swear to God, there's something、yeah. there. And he's like, "Oh, it, it might be, it might be a fox." And I'm like, "Nah, it's not a fox." And I、yeah. actually took a video, so I'll send it to you later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, I'm like, "Yo." The, that's I think that's a coyote. I don't think we should go this way. Let's go back on the main trail. So yeah, yeah. we're staring it down for like a couple seconds, and then it starts coming toward us. And I'm like, oh fuck, fuck, fuck! And like you see my camera in the、oh, video, like、shit. I like put my camera down, and I'm like, okay, we're we're just gonna go back on the main trail. So we like back away slowly. I start playing music、yeah. on my phone to start like making a lot of noise to scare it away. It didn't come super、yeah. close to us at all. Like I, it disappeared once we started walking away. But okay, it was very scary because I've never encountered、Whoa. wildlife like that before. Yeah, and I think because that area, it wasn't really like a lot of people don't go through there. There's a lot、mm-hmm. of wildlife there, and they're not really used to human contact. So I think it was just it was really curious about us. But I was like, there's、yeah. no way I'm not risking. <laughs> Yo, when you fe- when you saw him or her like from a distance, it sounded like 
a Western standoff where you guys are just <laughs> staring like at each other. You like yeah. zoom in to like the face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's that's intense. Like, yeah. At least you had a foresight to be like, yo, I don't think this is a good idea. Let's just go back. Bro, like I didn't see it though. We would have kept on walking, and I don't know what yeah. would have happened because we have our dog, and our dog is only like thirty pounds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't know. So anyone out there who's going hiking, just be careful, okay? Yeah, be careful. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really intense. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, what's your current mood this week? So my current mood, it's this photography series that I've been following along for the past couple of months. It's by a photographer. Her name is Shakira Hunt. And the series is called Give Me My Flowers. I've posted it a lot on my story because I'm just like, I'm a huge fan. So I'm yeah. just going to read like what the concept is because I don't want to get it wrong. Yeah, go for it. So this is what she's written. So this photo series is about reparation this is about recognizing and honoring black and afro indigenous men straight and those part of the lgbtq plus community this is about celebrating masculinity and the divine feminine as it exists within give me my flowers illustrates the idea of masculinity and how it is often perceived from being void of emotion sensitivity vulnerability and having a hard exterior conceptually i decided to use the flower play to juxtapose this idea with softness a simplistic back background set up with fabrics and soft movements from subjects all of which aid to the feminine side of male men should feel empowered by their femininity and not shame that duality that exists within us all so give them their flowers mic drop <laughs> interesting that's awesome how did you discover this series yeah so I talked a little bit about Tamara Darden, actually, and how I took her course. And so Shakira was actually part of, I think, an earlier cohort of the course. So we were all in like a Facebook group. And so we followed each other on Instagram. And then I just started seeing her post about this. And I was like, wow. And if you know me, I love using florals in shoots. And yeah. I just love the way that she used the florals in her shoots. So just a little bit of a descriptor for people who are listening. It's basically just portraits with men like holding flowers or like with a really nice setup of flowers and, you know, with like really soft poses. I mean, I'm not doing it justice by the way that I describe it. So I'll definitely post it on our stories and tag her so you can see. It's just a really beautiful body of work. And she's also going to be, I think, printing a book, like a photo book. So I'm really excited for oh, that nice. to come out. Um, and she's also going to be having an exhibit, like a live exhibit sometime later this year. So that's really cool. That's awesome. I'm interested to see how she incorporated the flowers as a prop into her portrait photography like how she did the poses yeah it's it's really beautiful like you yeah. just have to see it <laughs> to appreciate okay. it yeah so i'll send it to you i'll check it out after what's your current mood current mood this week is queen's gambit i feel yes. like most of my current moods are just netflix shows now. but that's okay man yo i'm so excited that this is your current mood because i watched it and i just want to talk about it to everybody i'm like yo who watched queen's gambit let's discuss yeah. <laughs> It's so good. Um, the thing is, it took me a while to watch it because mm. there's just like there's just so many shows on Netflix right now, and right. it's like one of those shows that it's almost like I'll get into it um, later. So this past weekend, I finally got into it, and mm. I finished it in like two days. <laughs> yeah, man, it's like a very bingeable show. So, what did you yeah. like about it? I think the 
number one thing that I loved about it was the uh, aesthetic of the 60s. Yes. The wardrobe, yeah. the location. Oh, it so was so sick. good. The colors that they chose mm-hmm. when she walked into that like fashion store and mm-hmm. just seeing how like the layout of everything and just the graphics of like sale, like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It was just so like it. I know like we didn't live at that time, but it felt very nostalgic and I felt like I was transported back in time. Mm-hmm. It was just so flawlessly executed. Mm-hmm. I and <sighs> this is the one gripe that I have about the show. It doesn't well, doesn't really have anything to do with like the show itself, but I guess it was the writing. Most of the shows that I'm really into um, is like with with characters that I can relate with, right? Like right. with Elizabeth, it was kind of hard to relate with her. Because she's a genius, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, among other things. <laughs> yeah. Like, I well, I mean, I think the main thing was that, like, she's this amazing chess player. Like, that's mm-hmm. how the show kind of was uh, moved. But then you also see, like, parts of her that, like, really made her a little human. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess it just took me a while to, like, get that part of her story because I was just... it Like, she barely faced any hardship when it comes mm-hmm. to like her like beating other people like except towards the end when uh she was trying to uh face the russian uh yeah yeah and i think like that's just one layer of the story of her playing chess and i think when people look at the queen's gambit they see the cover photo and they're like oh this is just a show about chess but it's more than that i think it's it's a story of her well from my perspective it's her struggling with addiction and I yeah. think struggling with a little bit of abandonment issues because her mom obviously committed yep. suicide. Um, yep. And then also like her adoptive mom and all of that stuff. And yeah, it's it's a very deep story and it goes way beyond chess. And that's just yeah. part of the reason why I really enjoyed it. And yeah, I agree. It may have been a little bit hard to relate to the story a bit but i feel like it was also very accurate to that time with how there's not a lot of representation and how she was kind of the only woman in the room a lot of the time so i guess for me because i am a woman and i identify as a woman it's very relatable for me in some aspects but yeah Yeah. generally i think it's a very good story i i just i i think they didn't really have enough time to dive into like the addiction side of things mm. and like all all like pretty much like th- those things that you were talking about um because they only had seven episodes to work with right right but i wish you know like the relationship between her and mr scheibel was explored a mm. little more because that's such a endearing like mentor to mentee relationship mm-hmm. um he was a very hardened guy she was very hardened herself just so just to kind of see that kind of come together was really nice. I mm-hmm. wish they've dug deep a little bit into that. Also, her relationship with with I guess with her mom, like they did kind of explore it. But I wanted to see like, well, why was her adoptive mom like that? Like what caused her into yeah, to like yeah. This okay, messed did up. you did you have mixed feelings about her adoptive mom at first? Because at first I was like, this is a little bit kind of weird. Yeah. But then at the end, I felt so bad for her, and I ended I up really loving her character. So I'm curious to know if like other people felt that way too. Me too. Honestly, 
she was so annoying at the beginning <laughs> yeah i was like what is up with this yeah woman? like why are you so shallow bro yeah, yeah yeah but then towards the end you really feel for her like mm-hmm. you understand why she's like that mm-hmm. and yeah. i love stories that are that are like that because like they give you one thing but then they kind of throw you off yeah like they use character development to like make you feel uh, mm-hmm. another way um, mm-hmm. so yeah okay wait one more thing i know this is like a little bit like <laughs> silly but who Go. did you ship beth with the most like which <laughs> <laughs> like ideally who would you want her to end up let with? me think about that I would say, um, yeah, I think I would say Beltic. Yes. Okay. I talked yeah. to my friend and she was like, no way. But what? I, yeah. I don't know. I just really enjoyed their relationship. And I think he was the person that like actually yeah. cared for her in a, like a more deeper way. Yeah. And he would have given her the mm-hmm. like consistency that she needed. But yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and- what I liked about him was he was first introduced as this character who, you know, like, was a really, was a grandmaster. Mm-hmm. Like, he was really good, um, like, when she first faced him. And just kind of, like, his mm-hmm. little arc, you kind of see him towards the end to be, like, a normal person right. outside of chess. Like, he has a part-time job. Like, mm-hmm. he goes to school. But then you see how... Like, yeah, like, they did hook up, but more than anything, like, he just cares for her as a friend. Like, he went to go check up on her and wondering, like, how she's doing. And he was keeping an eye out on, like, Mm -hmm. her addiction, and he wasn't afraid to bring Mm -hmm. that up to her. Yeah, so overall, yeah, I think this, it was a really good show. And I don't think there were really any, like, bad guys in the show, because normally there are, like in like a regular storyline yep. there's like a villain and then there's like the good person but i think everyone was generally good except for that one dude what was his name like the adoptive dad he was just uh mr Wheel. he was oh yeah dick. that guy's a dick <laughs> okay but anyway yeah sorry to everyone who hasn't watched no but show. that's the thing i love <laughs> i love stories that are like that where it's not clear like it's not like bad mm-hmm. guy versus good good guy because it's a very exactly story, because everybody you know has, I guess, the bad stuff and the villain side of their story. But at the end yeah. of the day, everyone is just trying to be a good person. Yeah, like for a good while, mm-hmm. she was kind of mm-hmm. like the villain. Like she was kind of an anti-hero because, you know, she was pushing people that were trying to help her. She was being a little bit mm-hmm. self-destructive, and I think. To me, like, we've had those exactly. moments where we were pushing people away from us. We were kind of leaning into other things that um, mm-hmm. make us happy, which, like, really, like, they're pretty mm-hmm. shallow things. I just wish, like, they've explored a little bit more of that through dialogue so, like, you can really see, like, mm-hmm. what's going on behind behind her creating. But, um, yeah, overall, yeah. it was a really good show. Sorry really to anyone it. who hasn't watched it. We might have spoiled it. <laughs> for you so yeah well i guess we'll put like a little disclaimer spoiler alert in the show notes before you listen to this episode okay so let's dive into our topic today so today we're going to be talking about productivity um i feel very strongly about this topic because i feel like when i entered the workforce when i was what 17 or 18 and just thinking about all of the previous jobs that i had there was this whole thing about being able to work in a fast-paced 
environment and yeah. you know being able to multitask like that's something that I would like put on my resume like you know yeah those things and I think that didn't really set me up for success with the job that I have now because mm-hmm. it's just completely not like that like when you think about multitasking there's not really such thing as multitasking like you can't yeah. do multiple things at once you're just doing a lot of things in a short amount of time and you're switching your focus so you never really end up being focused on one thing which is why i think a lot of us millennials and maybe gen z have trouble staying focused and staying productive when they actually have to work like a regular job or you know a job that requires them to focus on one thing for a long time yeah absolutely and i think we were I guess like because you worked in retail right like yeah I did a bunch of things like I did retail I worked in fast food so I had like a like a lot of experience like doing that fast-paced type of work that really focuses on just getting a lot of things done and not necessarily like in a quality way yes exactly um yeah I think most of us like spent our you know formative years like when we were teenagers like working a part-time job and as you said those um, those part-time jobs like we're doing multiple things at once not because these things don't really require a lot of brain power right? Right. Um, and I think that kind of wired us into thinking that like okay I have to use this uh, way of approaching work um, into what we're doing now and I think mm-hmm. the transition from that to what we do now hasn't been fully broken up Mm -hmm. to like a state of kind of hyper focus which we have to do Mm -hmm. as a as a freelancer um i think sometimes you know i would find myself editing photos but then i would get distracted and think about oh shit like what about the bookkeeping uh Mm -hmm. and the accounting that i have to do for last month's expenses and I'll feel bad about that not being done. That'll distract me from like the edit that I'm actually doing. So I'll put the edit away. I'll start Go do dabbling. Yeah. yeah, dabbling the accounting. But then I'm like, oh shit, like I have this edit that I have to finish um, by today. Let me get back into that. So it's this kind of like back and forth that mm-hmm. um, it's not really productive in a way. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah. And I think something to say about that also is like hustle culture. I think that's also something that's being, that's become very prominent. And I personally don't subscribe to hustle culture because when I think about it to the times where I was actually like quote unquote hustling, I wasn't Mm -hmm. actually hustling. I was just overworking myself. And because I was so overworked, I wasn't able to focus. And so I ended up doing more work and spending more time on things and it wasn't as efficient. So Funny, I guess. Yeah. No, you go ahead. <laughs> Funny enough, like, I think to me, hustle culture isn't so much about the culture itself. It's about the rah-rah, like the loud, <laughs> like, wake up at 6 Like, look at me. This is what I'm doing. And Yeah, like, know. I'm hustling. It's more so about, like, the exterior more yeah. than, you know, like, really the, the inner workings of, what makes you fulfilled as a person mm-hmm. um, and it kind of treats you in a way like as a as a product like as a machine which mm-hmm. in the long run it doesn't it's not it's not sustainable 
Exactly. So I guess for you, how do you stay productive? Because I know you work from home with your nine to five, but then you also have your freelance business. So how do you just stay organized? Yeah, I think I want to start that by saying there is a big difference between being busy versus Mm. uh, being productive. Right. Um, there's a tendency for us freelancers to try to be busy just because we're trying to keep up with other people. Like sometimes there's a lack of, I, I personally, I feel um, like I'm not working hard enough because yeah. uh, I'm not as busy as other people or I don't mm-hmm. have as much clients as other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that super strong right now because it's pretty much my off season. Um, like, really not much going on as a wedding photographer right now and i'm seeing like my other friends like really step up uh their work like yourself included um Mm -hmm. and i have this kind of feeling like damn like i'm not doing enough Mm -hmm. and i think i have to kind of contextualize that with my situation like exactly yeah it's okay to not be doing anything right now because you're not supposed to be really doing anything right now because it's your off season mm-hmm. right like you don't have any weddings to shoot and you've already scheduled your instagram content and you've already like you know sorted out like your the planning for everything else because I, I think as freelancers like there's always something to do like yeah. you know i can always create you know like tiktok videos or i can always create youtube videos there's like multiple things that you can do um but sometimes you have to kind of draw like a line between okay like what's actually gonna help me in the long run versus Mm -hmm. is this just a time filler yeah like what's just busy work because i think that yeah freelance is becoming a little bit more normalized but i think we're still kind of in that adjustment period where people are like oh you just like don't do anything (laughs) like people think that freelancers just like you know, they go take the photos, they edit the photos, and that's it. So I think maybe in a way we kind of feel pressured to appear like we're doing more work just because people don't understand what our job is. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so that's, I guess that's kind of my, so just to preface, like, whatever I'm going to say, like, that's kind of my situation right now. Mm -hmm. I think we really, it's really important for us to know, like, where we're at, like, what season we're at in our, like, like throughout the year. Um, And then from there, Mm -hmm. you can kind of decide like what is productive like work, right? Mm Because right now I think the most productive thing for me is to just chill out a little bit and like, you know, do some learning, like read stuff from other wedding photographers here and there, and then just kind of like experiment with some stuff. Um, because that's like the season I'm in right now, right? I don't mm-hmm. really need to be looking out for clients as much as I should because I already have clients booked for this year and some for the year after. Like, obviously, I could still, I'd still want more clients, but I think with the lineup that I have right now, like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. And mm-hmm. I don't need to just like push it on to people's throats that. Hey, like, book me as a wedding photographer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Because I think, like, a lot of people, they just think it's go, go, go all the time. And yeah. something that we don't realize or a lot of people just don't think about is that rest is actually a productive thing. 
because yeah. you're going to be so busy and you anticipate that you're going to be so busy in the coming months that it doesn't make sense for you to feel completely burnt out right before you're yeah. about to go hard into your wedding season. So it yeah. makes sense. And something that a lot of freelancers, new freelancers don't realize also is that there's going to be times in your business where it's super slow, like you're not going to be getting any clients or anything, but you know, you can spend that time doing things that still improve your skill set or improve your business in some sort exactly. of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I think, you know, it's not just the work that you're putting out there. It's not just the content that you're putting out there that, that counts as productive work. Like mm-hmm. right now I'm talking to other wedding photographers as well. Like I'm really trying to build connections with other people like within like the wedding photography community. I'd start conversations with them and like I would ask mm-hmm. them their thoughts about, oh, how are you dealing with, you know, like cancellations or how are you dealing with people like moving their dates? Um, and as I like, you know, ask those questions to them, like I'm building relationships. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I think these relationships in the long run, like, yeah, like they, they, they'd benefit me. But more than anything, it's just like having a good sense of like what the pulse of the community is right now and that doesn't show on instagram because exactly it's not like i'm posting these conversations right Right. um so like productivity can look uh different for for other people so just because you're not producing content you're not creating content right now doesn't mean you're not being productive exactly just try to kind of guess kind of determine like what that productivity what productivity really means for this current season you're in Mm-hmm. So you talked a little bit about like how you would, you know, you'd be editing photos and then you'd start thinking about, oh, I need to like do bookkeeping and stuff like that. So do you do anything to kind of help yourself stay on track so that you're not just switching tasks all the time? Yeah, I think we talked about this before, but I try to kind of stick to uh, like a weekly or well, not weekly as much now. Um, like a week, like a schedule. Like mm-hmm. Wednesday would be my bookkeeping day. Yeah. Friday would be like the day where I watch a lot of YouTube videos, mm-hmm. or um, I, I I I look at um, Skillshare, or like you know Monday would be, you know half day. Like I'm not going to work. But then half, like the other half of the day, I'm going to transition to emails. Tuesday is where I edit, Thursday I choose. So like assigning specific days to like one specific task mm-hmm. and really sticking to it. Mm-hmm. That that helped me a lot. How about you? Like what's your like, Yeah, that's something that? I like learned as well. I guess for people who are listening, that's called batch tasking. So I do something similar where obviously every week looks different. But if I ever feel really overwhelmed, then I know that I have this kind of structure to follow if I don't know what to do. So yeah, Mondays are like admin days. So I do like invoicing or, you know, any bookkeeping stuff. And then Tuesdays, I have like a lot of calls. Wednesdays is like my creative day. Thursdays is shoot day. And then Friday is just a day where I catch up on whatever else that needs to get done. But something that has been big for me is I read this book way back Back when I was in university, it was called The Power of Less, I think. I feel like I read a lot of stuff that's like the power of whatever. (laughs) 
yeah. <laughs> which is funny. But yeah, they're completely unrelated. And yeah, it really... I read that book because I was starting to kind of get into minimalism and just yeah. simple simplifying my life as a whole. And I learned batch tasking from that book. And I also learned something called the most important task list, I guess. So what I do every week, so on Sundays or on Mondays, is I write down every single task that I need to get done for the week. Yep. And then I break it down each day. So on Monday, I'll be like, okay, I have to complete these three things. So instead of looking at a huge to-do list that right, makes me right. feel overwhelmed, I just pick the three most important things that I need to do that day. And if I only get those three things done, then you're good. Then I'm good. Because yeah. I think, yeah, I, at first when I started freelancing, I used to get really overwhelmed because I would be like, yo, there's there's a lot to do and I don't know where to start. Yeah. So just, yeah. yeah, just pick a direction and, and go. Yeah. Because I think part of what we do is, yes, we are creatives, but we, we're also in a way project managers because, mm-hmm. you know, the the projects that we take on, the shoots that we take on, they require a lot of work from a logistical standpoint. You're not just shooting. There's also communication with clients. There's also Mm -hmm. contracts. Like there's so many moving parts. Yeah. There's like deadlines that you need to follow, right? Exactly. That can really feel overwhelming for a Mm -hmm. lot of us, especially if, you know, we start to take this seriously and then all of a sudden all this shit gets thrown at us because it's not like mm-hmm. there's a handbook or there's a manual on how to do this, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I like what you said about the the three tasks and just like focusing mm-hmm. on that, but mm-hmm. uh, on those. Uh, but to kind of expand on that, um, I think it really helps when you break down things because yeah. when things are like very overwhelming, um, that can kind of cause anxiety and that can kind of cause a little bit of uh, panic for us. It's like, where, where do I start? Where do I begin? Mm-hmm. But when you like break down everything that you have to do, like piece by piece, then mm-hmm. it becomes manageable. Then it becomes doable because then mm-hmm. you're just focusing on that one task, on that one piece. And then mm-hmm. you start building momentum to completing, to complete your project. Yeah, and it just feels better when you actually complete something or you do something start to finish rather than yeah. just having a bunch of um, unfinished tasks. Yeah. Um, and there's this thing, it's called the Eisenhower Matrix. I don't, have you heard about it? It's no. this like quadrant system. So I think visually I'll create like something for our Instagram so people can see, but basically it's four quadrants where it's like urgent, not urgent, and then important and not important. So you can kind of assign your tasks based on, I guess, whether it's important and urgent or important and not urgent. So basically Mm -hmm. for the things that are super important and urgent, those are the things that you should do first. Gotcha. So when you're looking at your task list or your to-do list, identify all of the things that, you know, they have a really hard deadline and they're super important and they need to get done first. Like do those things first. And then there's also things that you can identify, you know, things that are like important but not urgent. You can either delegate them to somebody else to do or just schedule a time that you know that you're going to be free to do those things. So I don't know if I'm (laughs) describing it very well, but I'll I'll create like a graphic so people can kind of like get a visual representation of. No, that makes sense because, you know, prioritization will Mm. 
allow you to customize the it, it allows you to kind of contextualize what tasks you should mm-hmm. be focusing on and i think mm-hmm. that is a good kind of barometer in terms of mm-hmm. what you should what should go first yeah that, that's really dope I'd, I'd love to see that so we'll, mm-hmm. we'll put that in in our show notes mm-hmm. there also has to be we also have to have a good relationship would work mm. so that we're able to kind of you know really identify like what is productive and it, and what is you know just fluff because sometimes like we again as i was saying earlier we equate our self-worth kind of to the work that we're putting out right and if we're not putting out work then like sometimes subconsciously we think that we're not worthy or we're not good enough as creatives mm. and so i think starting with like having that healthy kind of boundary between our worth versus mm. like what we do there has to be that line mm-hmm. where we don't equate like our worth to yeah to, to who we are mm-hmm. as people mm-hmm. how like how did you kind of find that boundary or how did you start to create that boundary because i know I like I guess society as a whole we kind of do equate our output and our work to who we are as a person and you know when you meet someone new I think the first thing you ask them is what do you do for a living as if that's like you know if that determines who they are as a person so how did you kind of develop that healthier relationship with your work I think it's being really curious with who am I as a as a person? Mm-hmm. I didn't want to just be this one thing. Um, I know, like my personality, I'm into a lot of things, mm-hmm. right? And so those things that I'm very much into, like some of them has like direct outputs. Like for example, like my personality as a creative, like that has a direct output, which is like my work and everything. But I guess like being more curious about those other sides of what makes me what makes who i am like mm-hmm. also kind of leaning into that like um okay going back to queen's gambit like <laughs> elizabeth like really leaned into her personality as a chess player so she equated her value with the matches that she's um that she's participating in like the the the, the games that she's winning like she really leaned into that I think as ordinary people, like us, like we have other things that are also like that are going on, right? Like we also have our relationships with family. We also have our relationships with our friends, our loved ones. And so I guess when I saw that, okay, if I'm not quote unquote being productive with my work, but I'm you know, building these relationships that I have, then, like, I, then I started to see the line. Mm-hmm. I kind of started to see, like, okay, like, if I spend this amount of hours with my work, I'm able to create um, solid work. Um, mm-hmm. But then past that, I'm not nourishing my relationships um, with my friends, right. like, with my loved ones. And I don't want to be this workhorse that... Mm-hmm. You know, like years down the road, I'm going to get burnt out, not going to like my work. But then I also, but then my relationships have have also suffered. Like, I don't, I don't Mm. want that. So it's just kind of like 
having like seeing that just kind of like made me slow down and be like all right it's it's, it's a long game like that like now you kind of see where the line is just mm-hmm. like just play around that 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 boundary so yeah yeah, yeah that makes really sense inter- yeah yeah for sure because i think like even in i think in popular media there's always this narrative of like the parent or the the i don't know the person who works so hard and then the loved one is like oh i feel so neglected and then it's just like this whole story of this person you know realizing that you know i work way too much and like i'm more than my work and i don't want to be that person and i i don't want to be known as that person who is a workaholic so yeah that's that's really important yeah for sure and yeah also (laughs) play is also a very productive thing to do Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like not like all of us creatives like we started this i guess this journey by being curious of how something works right Mm -hmm. so it's very important to like always nourish that yeah and to stay in that constant state of wanting to know something um like no wanting to know how something works like how something is created um yes it might be out of our comfort zone but i think it's what makes us it it, it, what it's what kind of you know keeps our keeps our motor going Mm -hmm. like for example yourself right like you're starting to dabble with graphic design right now mm-hmm. and you don't feel pressure doing it because you're just having fun with it. You're like mm-hmm. just messing around with it, right? Yeah, because like as creatives and as people who do this as our job, I think we started this as our job because we wanted the freedom to do other things. And yes. like how you were saying, we wanted more time to like spend with our family or with our loved ones or just to do the things that we love and we can kind of just always like we can kind of get caught up in just the work of everything and the output of everything and just forget that there are other things that will keep us I guess help us flex our creative muscle (laughs) yeah exactly and that in turn will help us with the output that everyone is going to be seeing exactly Mm. okay cool i think we can wrap up the episode do you have any final thoughts on this topic yeah okay so before we wrap up the episode i want to share this little technique that i i actually learned in university and i've been using it ever since i left school it's called the pomodoro method have you heard of it you mentioned it to me one time yeah yeah yeah. and i I like talk about it a lot because i really love it so basically what it is is it's this way of working so that you can stay focused. Because I know for a lot of us, we don't really have a long attention span. Like we'll yeah. be watching Netflix or like a YouTube video and then be scrolling on our phone at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, this helps me stay focused in a reasonable chunk of time. So basically you spend 25 minutes focusing on whatever task it is you need to get done. And then you take a five minute break. And then you just kind of like cycle through that until you get whatever it is that you need to get done finished. And something that I found is actually a Google Chrome extension and it's free. It's called Strict Workflow. And basically it just, it's a timer of that 25 minutes and five minutes. But actually I really like it because when you're on that 25 minute timer, you have the option to block websites. So block YouTube, block Instagram, block emails or whatever. So if you're like, 
if you're on your 25 minutes of work and you're trying to go on YouTube and, you know, distract yourself, it's actually yeah. like, nah, get back to work. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's a free tool and I find it very useful, especially when I can't really focus and I really need to get something done. It helps me, yeah. you know, get my head down and actually get into that state of flow. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I think kind of to, to wrap this up, like kind of tied into that, delayed gratification is mm. something that we have to kind of go back to as um, not just as creatives, but I guess as people like in this yes. world of, you know, everything is just instant, like mm -hmm. dopamine hits like from yeah. likes here, like, oh, the new YouTube video that you're going to find really interesting, like mm. so many things that just will capture our attention like right now that distracts us from, you know, like the feeling of, pro of, of, of accomplishing something from, from our work. Yeah. So I think just getting back to that mind state of, hey, I don't really need this right now. Like this doesn't serve me. I'm going to feel much better later when I get this, when I get work done. Going back to that mentality will really serve us in the long run, like Absolutely. Uh, really well. Yeah, and I think it's it's a little bit difficult to get back into that mindset because we've, yeah. for so long, we've had the internet and we've had everything yeah. like right at our fingertips. So I really like that method because 25 minutes is not a long time versus not like trying to stay yeah. focused for an hour. Like it seems almost impossible. So if you yeah. are a person who just can't, seem to focus on anything i highly recommend trying that method and seeing if it works for you awesome so we'll wrap up with that um thank you guys for listening to our episode this week jocelyn where can they find you you can find me on instagram at jocelyn floor and carlo how about you my instagram as well carlo torres underscore underscore and chapter one weddings you can also follow us on Instagram at Creative Kickback Pod. And before we go, I actually I want to say thank you to Charles, our editor, our audio engineer, who will be editing this episode and who edited the super smooth episode that you listened to last week. So thank yeah. you, Charles. Shout out Charles. <laughs> when I was <laughs> listening to his edit, I was like, this Perfect. is so much better. Absolutely flawless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Peace. Bye.